On our last episode, we talked about our recent Trojan recruiting win and why the Tackett Curtis commitment was so significant from a competition point of view. But there's another question that we need to answer regarding the commitment. Was this Lincoln Riley's most important win? And which position group or groups will determine USC success in 2022? And one more thing we'll talk about on this episode. Is college football's tradition dead? Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sorry about that. Hello again, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for listening and watching Locked on USC. And thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. And starting today, you might notice you can watch every day as well. Um, With each one of our shows, we're growing, and we want you to come along for the ride. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. And you can find us wherever you download your podcasts. We are free. So if you're watching now, uh, make sure to, you know, give us some feedback there on YouTube. Hit that like button. uh, We're going to stumble through this as we uh, get used to these new buttons and and tools and stuff to work with. So I apologize for uh, if I start klutzing around a little bit. Um, It will get smoother, I promise. So at the top of the show, um, I asked the question... uh, is this Lincoln Riley's most important win? Um, I say yes. And, and let me explain why. You know, everyone kind of anticipates or, you know, would say um, losing out on Francis Malagoa and even before that, Josh Connerly uh, were, were probably bigger commitments and, and necessary uh, for Lincoln Riley to establish, you know, his recruiting prowess at USC because, you know, USC has had some issues, and we've talked about this on previous shows, of of getting those elite offensive linemen um, to make a commitment. Um, but so I say that, you know, getting Tackus Curtis's commitment is bigger uh, because I'm I'm coming from the assumption that uh, Micah Banuelos from Kennedy Catholic uh, up in the state of Washington, he's going to choose the Trojans on the 25th. It's coming Monday, and he's going to pick them over the Oregon Ducks and the Texas A&M Aggies. So when you, when you combine, you know, the, the really good feeling that USC is going to get that four-star elite offensive lineman, um, you take into consideration that USC is going to go ham on offense this year, scoring points in bunches. And then also when you take into consideration that uh, USC senior offensive lineman, and he's a mountain of a man, he could play pretty much every position uh, along the line. Andrew Voorhees is, you know, he, he is being projected as a as USC's next first round draft pick from the offensive line group, and there are others behind him uh, who you know are going to 
grayed out well in draft uh, relatively high. The next person in line, uh, most people are going to think of is going to be Cortland Ford. So I think offensive line-wise, USC, um, they're going to be able to recruit there, especially if they perform well on offense in 2022. The transfer portal is there. And in 2024, uh, there is a bumper crop of of good elite offensive line uh, recruits, <clears throat> including two at modern day. Uh, their names off the top of my head. Oh, gosh. Um, Baker and oh, who's the other one? Do, 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 do. DeAndre Carter and Brandon Baker. Uh, one's an offensive tackle. One's an interior lineman. Uh the, the goal is if USC performs well in 2022, and I think everybody anticipates them doing well, uh, keep those two guys at home, and the offensive line will shake itself out. Um, again, the transfer portal has been really done really well with USC uh, so far, and I don't see that dropping off in the future as well. Um, so getting that big defensive name uh, I, I think was necessary to jumpstart the you know the recruiting on the defensive side of the ball uh, because if USC is going to be successful in 2022 uh, obviously yeah they're gonna have to score a bunch of points which I, I think everybody anticipates happening but it's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball um, so if USC is going to get to 10 wins, um, Sean Nua and Brian Odom, their two groups are going to, uh, they're, they're going to need to be responsible for, for success. Um, you know, depending on how far USC goes is, it's going to depend on, on how, you know, how well that front seven can perform. Uh, you know, last year, uh, they, that that front seven was just decimated by injuries, and there was just no depth. And I'm not going to belabor the point. We we know that once the play Hilton was let go, the rest of the coaching staff was you know pretty much dead man walking. The team lost interest, and it showed as the game progressed and as the season progressed. However, um, there's there's more players that are healthy now, um, so. If USC is going to get to 10 wins, um, it's going to need, you're going to need the Sean Newell's group and Brian Odom's group, the defensive line and the linebackers. And I'm going to include uh, Coach Manning with the Rush Edgers in, in here as well. Uh, if if those guys perform well, USC will get to 10 wins. So no pressure, just make it happen. Um, <laughs> and, you know, both position groups, you know, last year they had a rough time for the reasons that I mentioned. And if Lincoln Riley wants to take his foot off, uh, you know, take his foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, um, those guys are going to have to perform well and not get pushed around and be run around like they were on all last year. So, you know, Brian Odom gets a huge, you know, attaboy for, for getting Tekka Curtis out of many Louisiana to come on board. But again, he's not available for another couple of years. Um, Sean Nua, you know, he's got his, I won't say he's got his fingers crossed, but he's got his fight on up. 
Uh, Braylon Shelby is a defensive line who uh, USC feel defensive lineman rush edge guy uh, who USC feels pretty solid about. Um, he could be making an announcement at the beginning of August. Uh, and he'll be choosing between USC and Texas. Those are his final two. Um, but again, his the earliest he can make a contribution is, you know, maybe in 2023, more than likely in 2024. So, uh, you know, Coach Odom, you know, he got a huge infusion of talent via the transfer portal. You know, they got Shane Lee and Romello Height from Alabama and Auburn, respectively, out of the SEC. And then freshman All-American Eric Gentry uh, joined the fray from Arizona State. So the linebacking group, um, you got the guys returning, Raylan Goforth, um, he, although he is a senior, uh, Suavisi Nomura, um, he'll be coming back. You've got Chris Thompson, Julian Simon, Rajon Davis. Uh, these guys, along with, you know, the Corey Foreman, you know, I mentioned Romello Height. This group has to perform. And, you know, you combine that with the defensive line, who last year they were missing everybody. Um, so now you get back Brandon Peely. You're going to get back, you know, Nick Figueroa healthy. Um, you're getting Kobe Pepe, you know, Jamarc Sacona was a red freshman last year who played 10 games, but he missed a couple as well with, with injuries. And, and, you know, there's just so much, there was so much attrition due to injury, uh, that gosh, if this group performs just a little bit better and we know the offense is going to do well with what they've got going on, um, there's no reason why you can't get to 10 wins. This team is built this year for success if they stay healthy. <clears throat> One of the ways you can stay healthy is by heading over to uh, to Built Bar. That's right. You can get your Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. Uh, that flavor you love, you can now get it in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of chocolate brownie goodness. Uh, so stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. These coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to built.com and make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are also they're, they're made with collagen protein, which means your body absorbs them more efficiently, and they provide tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part of built puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can also enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They're your perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or when you need that quick, healthy snack. They are an excellent source of protein. Delicious, coconut-rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. All right. So uh, we talked about what what it's going to take for USC to be successful and how far they can go. 
um, we talked about, you know, why Tachycurtis is probably more important in a bigger, significant recruiting win than even losing out on Francis uh, Maui Goa and Josh Cornerly. Um, people are going to argue about that. Great. I, I want the feedback. Um, but there's another thing that's, that's taken a hit with college football right now. Uh, Mike Gundy, coach of Oklahoma State, he came out and he talked about how with the way the game is expanding conferences and uh, tradition is being lost. And he's right um, to a certain extent. If as long as it depends on how everything shakes out, because really no one really knows um, how things are going to work themselves out. We know that Texas and Oklahoma are going to be a part of the SEC in 2024. We know USC and UCLA will be a part of the big conference in 2024. That that much we know. Um, and Mike Gundy is trying to figure out, you know, what's happening with Oklahoma State. The Pac-12 and the Big 12, you know, they were having some talks about the two conferences merging together. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, so now, you know, everyone's kind of going back to the drawing board and wondering, okay, uh, if if the Pac-12 and the Big 12 aren't going to merge, what's going to go? What's going to happen? Nobody knows. You know, I guess if I'm Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State, and I know Oklahoma is heading off to the SEC, will the will the bedlam rivalry stay alive? You would hope that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will be able to schedule each other out of conference for that. It would be a shame to see that tradition hit, you know, head by the wayside. And if you want to take it closer to home, USC fans, let's assume. Notre Dame joins the big conference and let's assume Stanford doesn't get an invite. Then what happens to the tradition of USC, Notre Dame, Stanford? There's a symbiotic relationship there. On even numbered years, uh, Notre Dame always finishes their year at USC in the Coliseum and they do that for recruiting purposes. They, they Once the game is over, uh, the staff can stay out on the West Coast, hit up the recruiting, and, you know, they, they actually, sometimes they actually invite recruits to the games. Um, on the odd number of years, Notre Dame finishes up in Palo Alto playing Stanford. So, let's assume USC and Notre Dame are now conference opponents in the Big 12, in the, excuse me, in the Big Conference, the Big 10, the Big whatever number they are. Um, now they're conference opponents. Are they going to maintain the tradition of finishing in November on, in the even-numbered years? Um, remember, UCLA is also a conference opponent. So I guess that would be an easy solution. Um, if Stanford's not part of the big uh, party, you know, they don't get the invite for whatever reason. I don't see that happening. USC and Stanford always open Pac-12 conference play against each other, either in L.A. or up in Palo Alto. Assuming USC and Notre Dame are conference members, is USC going to maintain the traditional rivalry with Stanford? 
And will that out-of-conference game um, be at the beginning of the year? Will that get moved to the end of the year? There's so much going on, so much to play with, uh, with the scheduling. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally get it. Totally get where where Mike Gunny's coming from and where tradition is just kind of a, a casualty of this war of expansion where everything's going. Um, you hope that uh, these these traditions don't get lost because rivalry games, that, that they are unique to college football. They, they, it's what makes it so much different than the NFL. Uh, it, you know, in the NBA, you've got your rivalry games, Lakers, Clippers, but it doesn't have the same type of passion. Dodgers Angels doesn't have the same type of passion as UCLA versus USC. Never have, never will. Um, Rams Raiders, those those two teams were never in the way long enough at the same time to 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 develop any type of you know rivalry or hatred for each other. So we'll see. I don't know. All right. Um, again, it's a kind of a slow slow week. We're we're kind of in you know Major League Baseball is have just had their all-star game and the Pac-12 has their media day uh, next week on the 29th. So I'm wondering, you know, how contentious will that be? Will, uh, will Pac-12 commissioner George Klyovkov have a, uh, will he have some new news? Um, and right now, SEC is having their media week. Uh, I know the ACC, uh, their commissioner is starting to pop off a little bit. Big Ten's getting ready to start theirs. You know, who who's going to break the news? Will Will George say, "Hey, the Pac-12 is going to be doing this," or somebody else going to be uh, breaking out big news? You know, we know that he's going to be spending a lot of time answering questions, and I have a feeling Pac-12 media day is going to be pretty contentious. So, uh, we'll be back with another episode again. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, when you're not making Locked on USC your first listen, make sure to uh, head on over and make the Locked on Pac-12 and the Locked on Big Ten your second listen and watch. Um, you can check them out on the Locked on Network on YouTube. Again, make them your second listen when you're not listening and watching Locked on USC. And when you're not watching me or listening to me here, Head on over to WeRSC.com because what I can't give you in 30 minutes, you're going to spend a lot of time over there filling in the blanks. So until our next episode, everyone, I want to thank you for watching. Thanks for listening and fight on.